When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Mini Break, your date podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, September 22nd. We have opportunities everywhere this weekend across both the WTA and ATP tours. Of course, what I want to do on today's show is set the scene for all of you listeners who may have a bit more free time this weekend to catch up on everything going on in the pro tennis world. I'm going to start today's show on the ATP side of things. We have top seeds now in action in Asia. Of course, staggered start to the week means this weekend we'll see round of 16 and quarterfinal action in our ATP events. Of course, we'll still have semifinals and championships on the women's side of things. For the men, we saw a couple of top seeds get their weeks underway in Zhuhai. Karen Hatchinoff still working his way back from injury. He gets a quality win over Alex Bolt. Guys like Mackie McDonald, Yoshi Nishioka, Jan Leonard Struff, all pushed. They all ultimately advanced on Friday. We'll talk about those matches here on today's show. In Chengdu, we had our upset on the men's side. Dan Evans coming off of a fantastic weekend of Davis Cup play. He gets knocked out by Roman Safulin, and I talked about Safulin on yesterday's show, but I want to talk about why I think the Russian's going to be in the top 50 for the foreseeable future. He has real weapons. He just got game. We obviously saw him play Tommy Paul very close at the U.S. Open, but a breakthrough 2024, and by that I mean a steady presence in the top 35, that could very much be in the cards for the mid-20s man from Russia. I forget his exact age. We'll get into that, I suppose, those specifics on today's show as we break down all the men's side. I offer you an update on Columbus as well heading into the weekend, of course. On the women's side of things, funky set of semifinals in Guadalajara. I suppose that's been the theme to the week, but if I would have told you the last two seeds were remaining in the draw would have been Maria Sakari and Caroline Garcia. You know, given the seasons they had to this point, I think we all would have been a little surprised. Nevertheless, each of them looked excellent in their victories yesterday over Arango and Azarenka, respectively. Of course, it's the top half of the draw in Guadalajara that's gotten funky and talked about a massive opportunity for a couple of Americans, both Sonia Kennan, who is continuing her charge back up the WTA rankings. And then how about 25-year-old Caroline Dalahide? It was a little bit of a slower burn for her to make her breakthrough, but first tour-level semifinal, and it comes at a 1,000-level event. What a massive week for Caroline Dalahide. That continued yesterday in her three-set victory over Martina Trevisan. We'll break down all the Guadalajara action. We have our final set in Guangzhou. First career tour-level final for the 22-year-old from China, Wang Shiyu, for the lefty to do it on home soil. Obviously a massive moment. She'll take on Magda Lynette. We'll talk about how each of those players got there. Again, I want to set the scene for all of you listeners. What can you expect throughout a course of a 
busy weekend in the tennis world. You not only have all of this pro tennis action, this is the last time I want to remind all of you, we've got action for all of you. Our first broadcast of the college tennis season starts today, 1 p.m. Eastern time, Malibu showdown. It'll be the Pepperdine, Michigan, Kentucky, and Louisville men all competing. If you'd like to learn more about those teams, head on over to our Great Shot podcast feed. My dear friend Chris Halioris joined me today to preview all of that action. Again, we'll have matches 1 and 5 p.m. Eastern time on Friday and Saturday, noon and 4 on Sunday. All of these teams going to face off in a de facto dual match format. You want to know who the next best college tennis players are going to be that come on to the Pro Tour? You got to follow the college tennis season. We'll have plenty of coverage throughout the fall and spring. It kicks off this weekend. Malibu Showdown, Friday, Saturday, Sunday on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. So be sure to check that out. With all that said, shout out to you listeners for tuning in day in, day out. Again, we got a lot of great content for you. Stock up, stock down, stock hold episodes over on that Great Shot podcast feed with Gil Gross, David Kane. I think those will intrigue you as we look at which players are going to charge up or maybe drop a bit over the course of the next six months in the rankings. Shout out to you for tuning in. That's why we try to keep you Occupy is the wrong word. We try to keep you up to date with everything. We try to make sure you have the content you need to be the tennis fans you want to be. Of course, a shout out to the support we get from our friends at Tennis Point here for this show as well. Tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15 for all of the latest and greatest products at the best prices in the tennis world. With that said, let's set the scene for this weekend. Let's talk about the opportunities that have emerged throughout the many levels of the pro tennis world. Let's start again on the ATP side of things on this show. Haven't looked at those events much this week, but it's because they're just getting started. We have seeds now officially in play at our two ATP events. Let's start in Zhuhai, where we saw a few more in action. It's a good start for Karen Hatchinov. He earns a straight set victory over the qualifier, Alex Bolt. Now, you know, the lefty Bolt's not a top 50 guy, but he's got some serious weapons. He can put pressure on you in these slower, I would say, higher bouncing courts. They were perfect conditions for the lefty to hit through. And yet it was Hatchinoff, who was clearly, I would say, the more uh, more capable of front foot tennis. It was Hatchinoff who fought off all 10 of the break points that he faces when 75% of his first serve points make 65% of his first serves. It was a clean performance. Again, a break a set in what was ultimately a four and four, one hour, 49 minute victory. Now, look, Karen Hatchinoff missed pretty much everything in North America, was out from Roland Garros to the start of the U.S. Open, knocked out first round, of course, by Michael Moe in that U.S. Open. Still, for Hatchinov this season, he's 24-12, and 12, 67% win percentage, quarterfinals Roland Garros, semifinals Australian Open, semifinals Miami Masters, quarterfinals Madrid Masters. He had an exceptional season, uh, was in the midst, excuse me, of an exceptional season prior to getting injured. And, you know, for a guy who was one of my make-or-break players entering 2023, I thought the 26, now 27-year-old had kind of plateaued in that 18 to 24 range in the rankings. He showed an extra gear 
this season. He's been a guy who, by the numbers, top 20 in both hold and break percentage, one of about six guys you can say that throughout the majority of this season. It's a career-high 24.3% break percentage this year. He clearly has gotten more comfortable hitting through that forehand return of serve. And, you know, again, the big streak he's trying to end, he has not won a title since winning the Paris Masters event back in October of 2018. It's been five years. It's a massive opportunity for him this week in Zhuhai. He's certainly playing well enough, or at least played well enough in round one. If he can sustain that level, can absolutely go win that first title, get that monkey off of his back. And, you know, again, given how he's got a ton of points to defend, at the start of the season, we'll have nothing to defend in the middle. It'll be a fascinating year once again in 2024 for Hatchinov. Again, the 27-year-old in the midst of the prime of his career, healthy once again. He gets a first-round win. I think he has to be on title watch this week in Zhuhai, and that's one of those funky streaks we don't talk about enough given the level we've seen from him, particularly at the slams of late. Hatchinov, a straight-set winner. All the other seeds got tested. Three set wins uh, for Jan Leonard Struff, who another guy was so good in the months of, what, March, April, May prior to getting injured. For those of you who don't recall, Jan Leonard Struff reaches the final of the Madrid Masters, of course. He reaches the final in Stuttgart on the grass courts, quarterfinals in Monte Carlo, coming through qualifying in Madrid and Monte Carlo, by the way, at those two events. You know, semifinals of that 125 inaugural or 175K inaugural Phoenix event after Indian Wells. Obviously missed the entire North American hardcore stretch. Was out from Hala to this event here in Zhuhai. And, you know, given that absence, for him to come back, get a three-set, 6-4 in the third victory, two hours over Christian Green, who had the strength to withstand that first strike of Struve, had the first forehand to apply some of his own aggression, and yet... Again, it's the big serve of Struve. Didn't serve great, made just 60% of his first serves, but 178% of those first serve points. Again, only faced five break points throughout the course of the match. And once he got that early break in the third, he never let it get away. An impressive set from Jan Leonard Struve. Uh, an impressive third set, excuse me. He gets another victory into the quarterfinals here at Zhuhai. And, you know, again, you look for Jan Leonard Struff in terms of total quarterfinals reached here in 2023. This is now, uh, I believe, his, uh, excuse me, I hit the wrong button there. This is now his ninth quarterfinal of the season. You want to filter it out just tour level results. It's his fourth tour level quarterfinal. But keep in mind, he made one tour level quarterfinal last year. Two of his four this season coming at Masters events in Monte Carlo and Madrid. So obviously a massive year uh, for the 33-year-old to just get things back on track, rocking and rolling as he heads into the home stretch of his career. He's going to get to play everything he wants uh, come next season. That's really all you can ask for at 33 years old. Good return to the court for Jan Leonard Struff. Good follow-up win for Mackie McDonald. Was up a break in set number one, sees that slet. Sit, slip away from him, but ultimately just Kim Copenhans could not hurt him consistently enough. Mackey, a three-set win. He's into another quarterfinal. We talked yesterday about how the American has some serious points to defend down the home stretch of this season. You look at what he was able to do at the end of last year, a couple of quarterfinal, semifinal results in Seoul, Naples, Florence. Right now, Mackey's sitting at a career high in the live rankings, 38 
overall. But again, he's going to have to play some defense here this season, uh, down this home stretch for him to get an opening quarterfinal under his belt. That's a big result for Mackey, who will now face Hatchinov in the quarterfinals. Your other winners on the day, other winner, excuse me, Yoshi Nishioka, 6-6 six and six over the big serving Lloyd Harris. Nishioka just played excellent in the two breakers. And for Nishioka, who has not had the greatest season, this is just his second quarterfinal overall on the year. 15 and 17 is the record, but he did make a round of 16 at both Roland Garros and the Australian Open. So Nishioka will end his season in the top 50 right now, sitting at 40 in the live rankings just to get another quarterfinal again, give himself some margin going into that opening month of the year. That's what he's looking to do down the home stretch of the season. So valuable for him to get that win over Lloyd Harris sets up a date with another big server in Jan Leonard Struff in the quarterfinals. Again, we're going to see more top seeds in action tomorrow in Zhuhai, but that's who we saw so far today. So we'll keep you up to date on everything happening there as Murray and Nori and Achevary and all those guys tomorrow get their uh, matches rocking and rolling or get their tournaments in some cases rocking and rolling as well. Let's move next to Chengdu. As much as I dislike that transition, we're just going to keep flowing here again. We've got Malibu Showdown starting at 1 p.m. Eastern time, but I want to get a mini break podcast out to listeners before then. So as we look at Chengdu, go a little bit quicker through this one. The significant result of the day. How about Roman Safulin knocking out Dan Evans in straight sets? Safulin 6-3-6-3 over the fourth-seeded Brit. You look for Safulin now, obviously reached his career high. I don't know why I say obviously, but if, in case you've forgotten, he reached his career high of 43 earlier this season. He's 32-20 and 20 now overall on the year. He's got 13 tour-level victories this season. That's the most he's had in any season of his career. And yes, the overall record at the tour level, 13-14 and 14 overall, but into his second quarterfinal now of the season, and when your first quarterfinal's at a slam, as his was at Wimbledon, You've had yourself a top 50 season. And again, for him to get straight set victories over two guys who we know play top 50 hardcore tennis in Nakashima, in Dan Evans, this feeling was just so comfortable throughout the course of this match. Broken once on four break point chances for Evans, you know, was comfortably up a break for the majority of set number two was snapping his backhand on the rise, returned down the line on the edge. He just took away the Dan Evans kick serve. That was not an option for Evans, who loves to hit that kick serve, set up the plus one forehand anywhere, which again, he places so well across the court. But it was Safulin who was always on his front foot. Safulin sneaky quick, so twitchy, explosive in those corners. Again, his ability to take that backhand return on the rise. It's Djokovician, dare I say, I really like the 26-year-old's game, and again, with this quarterfinal run, Safulin now back up to number 49 in the live ranking, six off his career high. Doesn't have a ton of points to defend before Wimbledon. He dealt with a bunch of injuries at the start of this year. Didn't make a single quarterfinal before Wimbledon, only made one round of 16 out of 250 in Mallorca. So again, really nothing to defend to start the season absolutely can make a top 35 push. And I think if he can get there through the first third hardcore stretch, which I think is always his best surface, now he can make some serious moves. And again, I just think that's a name to watch. Probably should have been in our stock up, stock down, stock hold game. 
26 years old, entering the prime of his career. It's a big win for Dan Evan, uh, for Roman Sefiulin over Dan Evans to, again, just position himself well moving forward. Your other winners, Jordan Thompson beats the Deuce, Dushan Lajovic, 1-6. It's been a sneaky good year for Jordan Thompson, who finds himself back up to number 62 in the live rankings, 19 spots off his career high, but he had fallen outside the top 100. So good year for the 29-year-old vet. Uh, your other winner, Chris O'Connell, 6-4. and four over Taro Daniel. Those are the big results on the day in Chengdu. Now, we still haven't seen Zverev, Musetti, Dimitrov, the top three seeds in action. We'll see them tomorrow when we'll be back tomorrow morning to offer you an update on how those top seeds look in Chengdu. Those are your two tour-level results on the men's side. Worth noting, at the Columbus Challenger, we will have an active Ohio State Buckeye as a part of Championship Weekend. Cannon Kingsley knocking off his former teammate, James Trotter, 6'4", 6'7", 6'3", to advance to the quarterfinals. You look for Kingsley, the rising fifth year now uh, at Ohio State. He's up to 487 in the live rankings. One more victory. He'll jump all the way up to number 450 in the live rankings. If somehow he can find himself winning a title this week, that'll put him all the way up to, let's see, number 355. I mean, again, it puts him in strike zone with Charlottesville, Knoxville, Champaign on the horizon. He can probably get into some of those events, if not get into qualifying, certainly if he can make another quarterfinal there. And, of course, Kingsley made his first challenger final this summer. What number does Cannon Kingsley have to get to that would make him decide not to go back to Ohio State? It would have to be top 200, right? And even then... It's not like he has a ton of points to defend January through May that there would be some urgency for him to immediately go pro. He'd be sitting pretty heading into the summer, you know, again, where he would have all these hardcore opportunities to play. Still, big result for Kingsley. He's one of our guys here at Cracked Rackets. He's just rocks. He's as good as he needs to be, as good as the opponent across from him. Sometimes that's to his detriment, but he can always raise his level as well. I'm very excited to watch him play Christian Harrison today, uh, who, of course, knocked out carry champion Zach Sfida, 4-5 and five, in the round of 16. Shout out Lexi Galarno. He has capitalized on his Davis Cup form. He's into the quarterfinals. He'll take on top seed Enzo Kakaud. It's Peniston versus Pospisil. Uh, School Kate versus Kudla, your quarterfinal matchups in Colombia. Columbus. And then shout out to our guy, Michael Moe. Again, he's in the quarterfinals in St. Tropez. We'll be monitoring him throughout the course of the weekend as well. That's all the ATP action on the women's side of things. As expected, Guadalajara's gotten a little bit weird. And just to run you through all the quarterfinal results, we've talked so much about Carolyn Dalahide. If you haven't watched her play, the 25-year-old American who reached her first uh, or who reached her second career tour quarterfinal earlier this season now reaches her first career tour level semifinal at a 1000 level event here uh, in Guadalajara she was 111 in the world to start the week she's now up to a career high 60 in the live rankings. Talk about a life-changing sort of result for Caroline Dalahide going into next season. You're getting into Australia for sure. You're getting into Auckland or Hobart for sure, or, you know, Adelaide, one of those warm-up events as well at the tour level to start the season. The weapons for Dalahide are real. And in these elevated conditions as they are in Guadalajara. Her kick serve just flies through the court. Now, she struggled with that first serve percentage in the opening set, but as she steadied the ship, she was just on her front foot 
so frequently. And again, she's so confident moving forward, so comfortable at that end. She's been a top 50 doubles player in the world, so that's not surprising to those who have followed her closely. But her ability to take that return of serve a little bit early, her eager or her willingness and ability, excuse me, to play the slice well. It's a lot to like about the 25-year-old's game. Again, she's gotten quicker in and out of corners, even if she's still a little bit more comfortable slicing than hitting through the ball there. To get wins over Alexandrova, Trevisan, Peyton Stearns this week. I mean, to make the semi... Sasha Vickery, I don't want to forget that one. To make the semifinals at a 1,000-level event, you're now top 65 in the world. Life-changing for Caroline Dalahide, who just got the ball above the shoulder of Trevisan, kept Trevisan on the back foot. Trevisan started pressing in the third. That's when the errors came. Credit to Dalahide. She's going to take on a Sonia Kennan, who again is now, what, 14 and 17 or something crazy like that. Four, eight plus five is 13. Yeah, 14 out of 17. She's won since the start of Wimbledon qualifying. She is now firmly back inside the top 50. Sonia Kennan with this semifinal run up to number 31 in the live rankings. 646761 over Layla Fernandez. Neither served particularly well. There were a, a Streak of double faults in significant moments, plenty of trading of breaks, but Kennan was more decisive in the third. It was a little bit easier for her to get on her front foot than it was for Fernandez, who just felt like she was always a little bit behind throughout the course of the rally. Again, a great result for Fernandez, gets her back inside the top 65. Kennan's inside the top 35. And for what it's worth, I'll hide two and one in the career head to head. We'll be fascinating to see those two Americans do battle. And again, guarantees an American finalist this week in Guadalajara. Bottom half. This was one of my predictions to start the week. And credit Maria Sakari did not have a seated player forecasted in her draw since the start of the round of 32. She beats all the players she should and beats them all in straight sets. The latest, Emiliana Arango, three and four, a match that was never in doubt. You know, Sakari was always up a break. Sakari was always on her front foot. Arango can grind. And again, what a result. First quarterfinal at the tour level. She's now into the top 130. Sakari needed this. Had to have it, given the disappointment at the U.S. Open, given the tough San Diego, just given the tough streak she had been on into another semifinal uh, on the year. You look for overall semifinals here in 2023. Maria Sakari now uh, reaching what semifinal number is this? Let's see. Oh, I hit finals. That's why. Semifinal number eight. It's third most, trailing just Iga Sabalenka, you look for her now in the points race. Sakari back up to number 13 in the points race, currently sitting back up at number eight in the live rankings. Again, had to have it given her tour level finals results, uh, tour finals results, excuse me, last season. Big run for her. Big run for Caroline Garcia, by the way, who is top five in total quarterfinals overall on the year and is now into her. Let's see, where is Caroline Garcia? Wow, she's into just her third semifinal of the season. That's lower than it should be, but it's a semifinal at a 1,000-level event. And again, talk about having to defend two or finals points. She was your two or finals champion last season. Three and four over Azarenka. Azarenka was just always on the back foot. It was one of those days when the -the on-the-rise return was clicking. The serve plus one was landing. Garcia was never in doubt. 
And that's a fascinating matchup. Garcia 3-1 in the career head-to-head with Sakari would be a massive final for either player. All four players, again, massive stakes here. Sakari 58.7% favorite according to Tennis Abstract. Kennan 77.7% favorite according to Tennis Abstract. Those are the stakes. Sakari, your favorite, 42.5% heading into the semifinals. In Guangzhou, our final is set. It'll be Magda Lynette taking on Wang Shiyu, the 22-year-old from China, into her first career tour-level final. Obviously, to get to do it on home soil, that much sweeter. She's back up to number 69 in the live rankings as such. She just overwhelmed treatment and throughout the course of that semifinal. Three and four. Wang Shiyu goes down an early break, breaks right back for one all. I mean, I might have been wrong yesterday. Her forehand is as explosive as her Chinese young peer Wang Xinyu. And again, when her feet are set, oh my God, can she snap a forehand through the court? She just overwhelmed Treatman and who incorporated serve and volley, did a ton of things to get Wang Xiu off center and make her uncomfortable. It was just Wang Xiu's pace one out. And again, to make this tour level final to end this season, she was on the precipice of slipping out of the top 100. That will certainly no longer be the case. Great week for the 22-year-old uh, so far, and obviously a massive opportunity to win her first title. She'll take on a Magda Lynette, who reaches her first final since October of last season. Keep in mind, Lynette made two 250 finals at the end of last year, Tampa Co and Shania, so she had some serious points to defend down the season's home stretch. Two and three over Yulia Putinseva, who just could not hurt Lynette. Lynette saves all three break points that she faced, matched Putinseva's physicality, changed direction down the line with her backhand, which is her best shot at ease whenever, because again, Putinseva just could not hurt her. It's a big run for Lynette. Again, she's got semifinal points to defend uh, to start the season in Australia, and this in Australia, her only semifinals on the year. Now she leverages it into a final as well. So a good victory for the 31-year-old, a good week for her as well to kick off this stretch of the season. Uh, again, we'll keep you updated on that final result on tomorrow's show. Again, your semifinals in Parma, Shmilova versus Kawa, Bondar versus Bogdan. I believe those matches are now officially underway. No, Bogdan beating Bondar three and four. Shmilova, Kawa yet to play as of 11.46 a.m. Eastern time. That said, that's your update. Those are the opportunities we have in front of us this weekend in the pro tennis world. Now, again, you've got an opportunity to catch our first broadcast of the college tennis season Friday, Saturday, Sunday on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. The Malibu Showdown, Pepperdine, Kentucky, Louisville, Michigan men all in action. Coverage begins 1 p.m. Eastern time on Friday. We'll have coverage first ball to last of the event. Be sure to join us as you don't want to waste the efforts of our super producer, Daniel Westoff, who, as always, has a f- of an ending job to to do day in, day out, making all of our content possible. A shout out to him. A shout out as well to our dear friends at Tennis Point, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15 for all of the latest and greatest products in the tennis world. With all of that said, for our fantastic super producer, Daniel Westhoff, our friends at Tennis Point, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.